Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Locker Soccer uh, MLS podcast. We are again with Robert from Rambling Runoff podcast. Robert, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Hello, everybody. Yeah, great to be back here on Alvaro and Endzone. Um, just um, following a lot of footy. Uh, there's been some U.S. Men's, ne- men's National Team games I've been watching. So, yeah, man, it's been a couple good days of uh, some soccer. There was the international break. So uh, a lot of these MLS games were, like, topsy-turvy. So, yeah, it's been a couple good weeks for me. Yep. Uh, they're coming out of the international break now, so every team will have their guys back for the upcoming week. We'll jump into some news right away. We'll talk about Lionel Messi again, uh, possibly coming to the MLS. We had uh, reports of all 29 MLS clubs have discussed a unique structure that would see Messi join the league. Every club has committed to funding a percentage of the forwards, 900000 a week salary, and hope that this will persuade him to join um, the league. Obviously, they hope it would attract interest in MLS ahead of the 2026 U.S. World Cup. Uh, Messi would still get to pick what team or what MLS team he would want to join if he decides to play in the MLS. What are your thoughts on this new Messi news? Well, it's interesting considering that not just one team or someone from the league will be paying his salary, but um, all the teams will be paying his salary or whatever it may be, his contract. Um, I also thought it was interesting that they said that he could pick his team, considering we've heard an abundance of rumors that he would go to uh, to Miami and play with for David Beckham's team. But hey, probably a better decision for him, uh, considering that he might be able to go to a smaller market and make that market bigger and kind of grow the sport on, in that sense. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, really interesting to hear that they would allow him to do that, and extremely interesting that they would all have to chip in. I mean, some of these owners barely even chip in to pay for their own teams. So now you're telling me that they're gonna ask these other owners and teams that don't spend a lot on a guy that's not even gonna be on their team. Uh, who knows how they're gonna take it? Um, depending on if you're like Seattle, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be a good deal. Uh, maybe if you're like New England, it's not going to be a good deal. Maybe if you're Kansas City and you missed out on Ronaldo, it might be a big deal for you. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting if it if it does come, come or happens, I should say. Columbus Crew, Messi, let's go. There you go. I think it's in the bag, honestly. All right, we'll jump to our next story it was announced last week manchester united and wrexham afc have announced a match to be played at snapdragon stadium which is in san diego on july 25th the friendly preseason game um showing off one of the most famous teams in the world man united and wrexham who've gained international attention after Actors Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney brought the club and made a show out of their sporting adventure. Do you have any thoughts on the um, announced friendly between Man U and Wrexham happening in San Diego this summer? I'm going to be honest. I didn't really know about it until you brought it up to me before we, uh, before you had me come onto the pod. Um, but it sounds interesting. I mean, Wrexham's pretty popular right now, considering that. Uh, you know, like I said, they've 
have their own like television show. I think it was on FX, one of the FX channels. Um, you know, they ESPN's like been all over them. They've had Ryan Reynolds on the programming. Uh, I've seen one or two of their games on ESPN Plus, which were exciting. Um, for Man U, I think it's a good deal considering, um, I mean, they're a big team. They just had an event um, out in Los Angeles not too long ago. So I'm pretty sure they probably were already teasing it around there that they were going to have some friendlies. I wouldn't have expected it to be against Wrexham, and I wouldn't have expected it to be in San Diego. But it is at the new Snapdragon Stadium, so it's a good way to remote the new stadium. San Diego's been popping off with a lot of their soccer with the, the women's team. I think they're called the San Diego Wave. And then the men's team down there, the San Diego Loyal, coached by Landon Donovan. So, yeah, it sounds like all, it's like a really good deal for the soccer community down there in San Diego. But, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it should be a fun time. What do you think about it? Yeah. It'll probably definitely be um, like a sellout game considering Man U is one of the most famous teams and Rex, some obviously with Ryan Reynolds and McElhenney buying it. Um, you know, now people are really invested in them, especially – a lot of people are invested in the U.S. because of the TV show that you mentioned called Welcome to Wrexham. So I think it's a good way to uh, show off the involvement, uh, you know, the popularity in the States too, especially because they're also going to have um, a Wrexham team in the 7-on-7 seven seven new soccer tournament that's that's going to be played in um, over the summer in the U.S. this year too. So I think it's just a good way to get their uh, brand, brand across. And we'll jump to another England team playing in the U.S. this year, the MLS versus Arsenal 2023 MLS All-Star Game set for July in D.C. The 2023 MLS All-Star Game presented by Target as Major League Soccer today announced English Premier League side Arsenal as the MLS All-Stars opponent for the Marquee Showdown on July 19th at Audi Field in Washington, D.C. In addition, on July 19th, 18th, the night before the All-Star game, the best of the MLS face-off against Arsenal in the 2023 MLS Skills Challenge. Your thoughts on the MLS All-Star game going back to this format? We've seen it in the past, in like 2014, 15, 13, where they would play one of the top teams in England, and obviously Arsenal are leading the Premier League as of right now. I think it's a pretty big deal considering that uh, I think it was the past two, three years they've only done uh, MLS All-Stars versus uh, Liga Mekis, the Mexican League All-Stars. So, I mean, those were interesting. Um, I am and I'm not a big fan of the European versus MLS All-Stars considering some of the games have been duds in the past, in my opinion. Uh, I feel like the ones that have been duds have been where the um, soccer community hasn't been the best in my opinion. And, you know, you've kind of like one example I could think of was, uh, I think Chelsea, I think uh, went out to play uh, in San Jose when I think when the Quakes opened up their new stadium at the time. And uh, the game was kind of a dud in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting that like, they're going to go back to this format. Uh, I wonder how they, they got to this, uh, this deal to have Arsenal come out. Like I said, they are number one in the prem at the moment of, as of this recording. So, should be a good time. Uh, I think they're playing out when in DC, right? Is that what it yeah, is? DC. Yeah, DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I do, I do. My as if my memory serves me correct, um, this news was wasn't even supposed to be announced yet. 
I think because uh, I think Wayne Rooney, the head coach, kind of spilled the beans uh, during an interview. And then I think a couple of days later, the MLS started announcing things because I feel like there hasn't been a lot of like promotion for this, in my in my opinion, because uh, there's been like two posts about it on the MLS's um, Instagram. But uh, that's mostly been it. And yeah, they're bringing back the, the skills challenge, which has been fun. In the past, uh, I know the past two years they've been cool because, like I said, it was a uh, MLS versus Liga Amekis, so it was a little bit competitive. You had like the crossbar challenge, uh, I think it was like a semi penalty shootout. You had like kind of like a best trick, kind of like volleys basically, and then they had like a. Have you ever played FIFA where like the guys have to shoot balls into like trash cans? So they kind of have that, but you know, like in real life, and it's huge. Looks pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, hopefully the MLS All-Stars give it to them and uh, they show that the MLS product is a little bit better than what people across the pond think it is. Yeah, I think they def- they went back to this format just because um, they had the League's Cup this year. Um, so they kind of didn't want to have two things with League IMAX. And I think this is a pretty good substitute, uh, in my opinion. We'll see how... Like you said, we'll see how competitive the game is. On uh, hopefully MLS put on a good performance. Move on to another soccer league in America. The NWSL kicked off this past weekend, and they had some record attendance numbers from opening weekend. Record ninety thousand fans in attendance. It was a forty eight percent increase of nearly 30,000 spectators from week one in 2022 and angel city fc became the first club to sell out two home openers in a row Um, your thoughts on the start of the new nwsl um season well i'm be honest i haven't been able to watch uh much of the women's league but yeah i did see those attendance numbers it was pretty impressive considering uh like i said previously that the game's like growing like a lot and I think what also helps too is that the the women's national team, the U.S. women's national team, is pretty good. Um, there's a lot of the stars from from the national team playing in the league there as well. Uh, one notable Californian, uh, Alex Morgan. I uh, I don't know if you heard of her, but she's pretty good. So I think that helps. I think she's she's playing with the San Diego Wave, I believe, right now. So um, yeah, I think it's a it's a good start for the league. I'm interested to see how the league elevates itself as they also did announce that uh, uh what are they called the utah royals are gonna make be make a return because um they were the expansion side they got moved to kc so they're bringing them back and uh when they were around they were packing the house out there in salt lake i think they were getting like around 25 to thirty thousand people for for those like one like those two or three seasons in their existence so it's going to be a, a fun time in, in the nwso uh have you been able to watch any of the games uh, as of late i haven't i didn't get to watch any of the f- first week's games all i saw was alex morgan scoring a goal uh, on twitter so yeah i'm i i might i'll at least watch the highlights uh from time to time um running down some of the scores from week one in the nwsl you had North Carolina Courage winning 1-0 over Kansas City. San Diego Wave FC winning 3-2 over Chicago. Washington Spirit won 1-0 over Ontario. Portland Thorns won 4-0 over Orlando. Houston Dash drew with Racing Louisville. 
zero nil nil. And New Jersey, New York, Gotham won two one over Angel City FC. Moving on to the last bit of news. U.S. men's national team midfielder Tyler Adams set to uh, sit out for a spell after hamstring surgery. Um, Adams missed the Premier League match at Wolverhampton March 18th. Didn't play for in, didn't play uh, for the U.S. teams in their games this past weekend either. Has undergone um, a procedure described as non-invasive. Um, it's not sure how much of the remainder of the season he will miss. Um, at this point, do you have any thoughts on Tyler Adams' injury? Well, depending on how long he's going to be out, uh, I think it's a big blow to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, they just played some some CONCACAF Nation League's games in, in which they had somewhat easy competition, in my opinion. But uh, once you get to Gold Cup, you get to the semifinals in the Nations League, it's going to be chippy out there. Um, I mean, because saying and ironically by saying chippy he, he's a chippy guy and playing in the in the premier league he's become a little bit tougher and a hard def, a hard-nosed defender in my opinion so it's going to be a, a hard pill to swallow uh depending on who's leading the u.s men's national team and who they got out there on the field and how they're how would you say um approaching uh gold cup as well is it going to be like a b team are we going to have a mix of a and b are we, are we sending like a c team if depending on who they hear is coming to the gold cup. And then, yeah, like I said about the nation's league semis, those are big games now. So it's going to be a, a tough one. If, if Tyler Adams isn't out there on the field. All right. With that, we'll jump into some, into the MLS games from last week. We'll start off with your LA galaxy who had another draw against Portland Timbers. I watched the highlights of this game. It seemed like Galaxy had a lot of opportunities early in the game, but Portland Timbers had a lot of opportunities near the end of the game. Again, it was a nil-nil draw. Uh, neither team was able to score. What were your thoughts of your Galaxy's performance? Well, the Galaxy were playing a, a depleted Portland Timbers without most of their starters, even though the Galaxy as well were lo- missing People do the injury and international duties. But uh, I thought it was a good game overall, considering, like I said, they were missing a lot of their players. You had a a very rare opportunity for the Galaxy striker Preston Judd, the young man, uh, I believe he's barely in his 20s, getting, a, like I said, a very rare opportunity because Jovalich was gone, Chicharito's hurt. And, yeah, I mean, he, he got his shot. I think he had two shots on goal. I want to say the one, well, shots off the post don't count, but we're going to count that one. So you had that one shot off the pole, which I think he could have chipped it over the goalkeeper, David Bingham. But, hey, he, I feel like he balled out. You could tell it's there. I feel like if he would have if he would have finished one of those two chances, I mean, it would have won the Galaxy the game. Uh, it would have looked better on his stat sheet. It, it would have made him look 10 times better as a contender uh, to be the striker for the Galaxy. I mean, it would be hard to get over at least Chicharito. Uh, Jovalich is a, a bench guy, starter guy. Uh, but yeah, I think it was an overall better game from the Galaxy, but it, it should have been a game that you would you would have wanted to win, considering what I, I said right now, that Portland had a depleted roster. Um, like, for example, towards the end of the game, their goalkeeper, David Bingham, uh, had to, had to get, off, get out of the game. And 
Portland ran out of subs, and all they could do was put in their one of their defenders at goalkeeper. So that was interesting. You don't always get to see that all the time. But uh, yeah, um, they also got to put in their newer one of the newer players. They just they just got uh, Lucas Caligari. He looked pretty solid. Uh, Ricky Puj, I felt I felt like him and in the midfield would have had a better connection. Um, passing the ball through the middle, so it wasn't as congested as it's been the past two games. Because the pat, like the KC game, for example, they were passing the ball basically side by side and going nowhere. It's like, come on, guys! Like, you guys gotta find your own line to get your own space. Don't just run next to each other. And then, yeah, I think uh, also the young star Jalen Neal's been proven that he could be a starter. He had, he did have that one hiccup in the beginning, very early in the game, but I uh, got a little lucky there. And uh, shout out to Jonathan Klinsman, who's uh, holding down the fort for uh, the starting goalkeeper, Jonathan Bond. He had that, what I would say, like last minute save to uh, keep the game nil nil, zero zero, and walk away with the point. But uh, yeah, what'd you think about the game? Yeah, like I said, I think, um, you know, both teams kind of had some really good shots on goals throughout the game. I said that I thought Galaxy had. Um, most of the attempts early, they had the momentum at the beginning. Um, I remember they had one that hit right off the post. Um, the the guy couldn't squeak it. Um, in, um, it he tried to squeak it into the right post, but it ended up just hitting the post. Um, that would probably normally be a goal. And then they had a lot right at the keeper. That you know both teams had a lot right at the keeper. That the keeper just made some really good saves. So it was kind of just some some tough luck. Uh, Galaxy did look not not bad on the road as, as it was a Portland home game and you know both teams just kind of had stretches of momentum but couldn't put one past the respective keepers and said it any better myself <laughs> we'll move on to the LAFC versus FC Dallas game LAFC would win two to one Tommy Tillman scored in the third minute of the game and Dennis Bugana uh, scored the winning goal in the 84th minute. Nikoloski Burgess sco- had Dallas's only goal in the 73rd minute, and they also had a red card, um, which they played the majority of the game with 10 men. Uh, they got a red card in the 35th minute. Uh, did you have any thoughts on LAFC's victory against Dallas? All I got to say is FC Dallas could have walked away with the point but for some reason, their defense fell asleep and they forgot to defend the one guy you don't want to leave open. And I, I think I know how to say it. It's Dennis Buwanga, I think. I'm not sure where he's from, but I do know he also just came back from international duty. And I think if I read an article correctly, he was on a plane and then within an hour, he was at the game. And then, yeah, he got on like the last minute, last couple of minutes of the game and played and scored the winning goal. So... And very impressive of showing that he ain't got no he got or he ain't getting no uh jet lag and he was able to you know have some gas and battery left in him to score the winning goal. But uh, go on LAFC, um, and they they were able to squeak out the win, which they're pretty good at in my opinion. So yeah, um, FC Dallas has got to do a little bit better. You got to defend the guy that you know that puts the ball in the back of the net. And additionally, Dallas had a goal um, in the early stage of the game that got um, disallowed due to offsides. They ruled that 
one of the uh, Dallas players was in the sight line of the keeper, so that one got ruled off um, at the beginning of the game. Again, that was LAFC 2, Dallas 1. We'll move on to the Ohio teams with FC Cincy beating Nashville SC on the road. 1-0, Brandon Vasquez scored in the 48th minute for the only goal of the game. Cincinnati is in pretty good form right now as they're second in the East, picking up another win. They've had some low-scoring games, but um, they they tend to um win them, basically. They've had a couple draws, too. Um, they're a tough team to beat. They've had a lot of clean sheets as well, and they take this one 1-0. And we'll move on to the Columbus Crew game as Columbus wins 6-1. to It was the second highest margin of victory, or it was tied for the first, tied for first in the largest margin of victory for the Crew. It was the largest defeat in Atlanta United's history at 6-1. to We had Aiden Morse scoring his first MLS goal um, from a header in the 14th minute. Christian Ramirez scored um, his first crew goal. He ended up having a brace, scoring in the 47th and 64th. Phil Quinton had his first MLS goal um, off a set piece from the corner. Um, that was a header as well in the 51st minute. Jason Russell Rowe um, received a nice pass from Christian Ramirez. Um, and slotted it. Um, that was his first MLS goal in the 68th minute. He's also he was last year's Golden Boot winner in MLS Next Pro, and their first round pick, uh, Columbus Crew's first round pick in the MLS Super Draft scored in extra time, Maximilian Alstein to make it six one. The only t- person to score for Atlanta was Brooks Lennon in the 71st minute. It was a dominant. Uh, win for the Columbus crew and their best game all year. And additionally, additionally, um, Patrick Schulte got his first win um, in his second start. And that was his first ever MLS win. He was in goal for the game. Do you have any thoughts on either of the Ohio team's games this past weekend? Well, I'll keep it short because I was able to see some of the, the Cincy highlights in which I would just like to point out how long have they been? Let me ask you this: How long have they been in existence in MLS? Like, uh, what? like for three or four years. And you said they're in second place on the table in the Eastern Conference. Yes, that's really impressive for a semi-new expansion team who started out really, really bad. Kind of put money not on the players but into the rest of the team, which is not bad. But it's the harder road to get to a goal. So that's good on them. A few MLS teams have started to do that. Uh, you can't always be LAFC or Atlanta United. So sometimes you got to take the, the path less taken, a la like Minnesota, for example. Uh, for Columbus, um, funny story. So you were messaging me, hey, the Columbus are winning big. And I was like, what? And you're like, oh, it's 6-1. to one. And I'm like, wait, who are they playing? So I then went to go look at who are they playing. I'm like, oh, damn, they're playing Atlanta, which I think is a shocker because Atlanta's been on fire the past couple of games. Amada's just been ripping them, ripping everybody apart. And, I mean, Columbus is never an easy place to go and play. Uh, there's a reason why they were always hoping for a semi-roofed stadium because it gets a little chilly and cold out there, to my knowledge. Uh, you can attest to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, what they scored all what they scored the first goal in the 14th minute, and then in the second half they just poured it on them. 
and it's just, it, the game got out of hand for Atlanta. And of course, when it's six to one, there, you can't do nothing about that. So good on the crew, and uh, yeah, go Columbus crew. And looking at the scores from around the league, um, last week Charlotte drew with New York Red Bull one to one. New England Revolution won 2-1 over D.C. Chicago Fire was able to beat Inner Miami. They've been playing better than they have been uh, in recent seasons so far. Chicago, they won 3-2. Orlando City was able to beat Philly, who's off to a slow start after their great season last year. Orlando won 2-1. Colorado tied with Austin FC, who's also off. Both of them are off to a slow start, really. Colorado's last and Austin FC's lower in the table than everyone thought they would be. That was a 1-1 draw. Dynamo beat uh, New York City FC 1-0. Dynamo are kind of coming back from a slow start. And New York City FC is off to a slow start in there. Um, You know, after being a successful club for the past couple of seasons, Vancouver drew with Minnesota 1-1. Seattle beat Sporting 4-1. to St. Louis City SC remains undefeated, beating Real Salt Lake 4-0. And a 0-0 draw between the Earthquakes and Toronto FC. Do you have any thoughts on the rest of the games that rounded up the week? I would like to point out Chicago being Miami is a big deal. Uh, who are you trying to say is the better team, Miami or Chicago? Uh, Miami's better, but Chicago's had a decent start considering how bad they were last year. Yeah, I think they have five points right now, but Miami, who is, I mean, by the table, is the better team, and I think even on paper is the better team. So, I mean, they were able to squeak out a win. I think, yeah, Chicago jumped out early. Miami tied it up. But then I think uh, the old-timer, Kai Kamara, who I think he's playing for his 10th team now, 10th team now in the MLS, scored the game winner. By the way, when I was watching the highlights, it looked weird. I'm like, what is wrong with Chicago's jersey? And it hit me. Oh, they don't have a sponsor. But uh, yeah, I digress. Uh, Chicago gained the win. Uh, I think the Orlando-Philly game was kind of important. Uh, Orlando, who's, like uh, I've pointed out on my own podcast, um, they play a lot of what I call Orlando ball. Play for the tie and hold on for dear life. But they were able to get a good win over over Philly. Uh, I think Philly right now is missing uh, Andre Blake, their starting goalkeeper. So it was a good time to get a win and score some goals out there in Philly. And then, yeah, like I said, Austin, Colorado. Austin, who's fairly new, newer than Cincy, is just dog water right now, in my opinion. Like, bad CONCACAF showing. They haven't been playing as well as they did last season. I think it all started when they laid that fat egg against LAFC in the the Western Conference uh, final. It's like, come on, guys. Like, why are you guys doing this now? Um, I think another game... That caught my eye was that Seattle Kansas City game. Jordan Morris having himself a hat trick plus one, scoring all four goals for a Seattle who is tearing people apart. And uh, according to the table, I believe uh, Seattle's in second behind St. Louis. And speaking of St. Louis, dude, they're like St. Louis is just on another level. They they support the Battle Hawks, and they're supporting City now, uh, where they got fifteen points after five games. And after five games, they're undefeated, 5-0-0 across the board. So, yeah, um, those those are my, my takes on these past couple of games. 
All right, let's take a quick look at the table now. In the East, New England Revolution is on top with 12 points, followed by Cincinnati with 11, Atlanta with 10, Orlando with 8. Three teams are tied with 7 points. That's Columbus, Nashville, New York City FC, um, Philly Union, 6 points. They all additionally have 6 points with 1, 2, 3, 4 other teams have 6 points. Said Union, Miami, Toronto, Red Bull, Chicago Fire with five points, DC United four points, Charlotte in 14th with also have four points, and rounding out Montreal in 15th place with three points. St. Louis City undefeated with 15 points. Then second is Seattle with 10. LAFC also has 10. Minnesota eight. One, three teams have seven points Dallas, Austin, and San Jose. Dynamo have six points. Timbers with four points. Three teams have three points. That's Real Salt Lake, then Caps, LA Galaxy. And then rounding out the last two spots is Sporting and Rapids with two points each. Moving on to this upcoming week's games. Uh, we'll start off with your LA Galaxy who play Seattle Sounders. What are your predictions for this upcoming Galaxy game? Well, if the Galaxy play as good as they did out in Portland, which was decent to okay, uh, it's going to be kind of rough considering Seattle just put a, a whoop in on Kansas City, who the Galaxy also played and uh, couldn't get a point. But if the Galaxy are going to play to just get a point and go with the draw, then, hey, just go with that because Seattle's coming in super-duper hot. So they're just going to have to hold on. Um Hopefully the the new guy they just got, uh, I think his name's Julian Aude. They signed him from a, a team out in Argentina, which there hasn't been much on him. But from a few people that I follow here and there on the social, they say it's, he's pretty good, and we we got a good guy. So hopefully the Galaxy uh, utilize him. Uh, if not, I hope Caligari, uh, the new guy they also just received who played in in the Portland game, uh, kind of balls out in here because they're gonna need it. Uh, Seattle plays very stiff defense whenever they want to. And, yeah, uh, hopefully as well, uh, Chicharito Hernandez comes back from his injury. And um, maybe, fingers crossed, Douglas Costa. But that's up in the air at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, the Galaxy kind of can break the Seattle's defense. Another game, LAFC versus Colorado. LAFC should beat Colorado easily as Colorado is one of the worst teams in the league. FC Cincy versus Miami. I think Cincy should be able to squeak it out as they're they're on a hot streak lately and Miami just lost to Chicago and Crew should be able to beat Real Salt Lake easy as Real Salt Lake's pretty low on the table and lost 4-0 to St. Louis. Uh, SC last week. Some other game, the other games taking place this week are Atlanta versus New York. I have Atlanta um, winning that one. Coming off their loss, they want um, revenge to avenge that one. L- New England Revolution versus New York City FC. I have the Revs as their first in the East. Orlando City SC versus Nashville. I think. Nashville will take this one. It should be a pretty close game. That could go either way. But I think Nashville will want to avenge their loss to Cincy from last week. Union versus Sporting KC. Union should be able to beat Sporting. 
Toronto versus Charlotte. I think Toronto is a little better than Charlotte, and they should win that one. Fire versus DC United. I think Show Fire playing not bad recently. I think they could be able to, you know, minor upset against DC. Both teams are kind of similar, I think, at this point in the season. Timbers versus FC Dallas. I think Timbers um, have been, you know, kind of having some draws lately, but I think they should be able to beat Dallas. I think St. Louis City will be still undefeated against Minnesota. That could be a pretty good game, but I'm not going to pick City. Uh, I'm not going to pick against City until they lose. Uh, We said LAFC should beat Rapids easily. Earthquakes versus Dynamo is a pretty good game. They're both similar, and they're both not as bad as they were last season. I think I'll go Earthquakes in this one, as I think they've been playing pretty good lately. And then Whitecaps should be able to beat Montreal easily. Do you have any thoughts on the upcoming games? Yeah, I'd like to uh, piggyback off of what you said about the Atlanta um, Red Bulls New York game. Uh, yeah, I think Atlanta's going to be hungry. Uh, I feel like they're probably going to feel disrespected uh, considering that big loss they just had to the crew. So they're probably going to come out swinging. I mean, this is Red Bulls. Uh, they're, they're a pretty tough team to, to play against all the time. No matter who's out on the field, I think they just have that mentality out there, out in uh, New York. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game in my opinion. Um, you said Cincinnati and Miami. I think you say you have Cincinnati. I would say Miami. I think Miami on paper is the better team. Uh, Rodolfo Pizarro has been playing good. Capana has been playing good. Uh, Ari Lasseter is starting to find the back of the net. And every week, I feel like there's always new people scoring for Miami. So you got to watch out for the randomness that kicks in. Um, Philly and Kansas City. Philly just lost. Kansas City just lost. I think they're going to be both be hungry, looking for a win. Um, I don't know. I think everyone's kind of waiting for St. Louis to lose. I don't know. I think I might, I might be jumping on that bandwagon soon because last week they got another gimme goal, and it's just like you guys have no famous players. You guys have no noble, noble players to note, and y'all are getting these undefeated wins. So let's see what happens. I mean, they're playing Minnesota, who has as a as a franchise, as a team, has turned it around and. I feel like they play pretty consistent. And then I think that's it. Um, but also watch out for Colorado because, like I said, it's MLS. It's kind of random. Unless LAFC, it just plays unstoppable. But, yeah. We'll move on to the U.S. men's national team games that took place this past weekend. First one was on Friday where they beat Granada 7-1. to Ricardo Pepe had a brace scoring in the 4th and 53rd minutes. Brandon Aronson scored in the 20th minute. Weston McKinney also had a brace, scoring in the 31st and 34th. The captain, Christian Pulisic, scored in the 49th. And Andrew Zendayas scored, wrapping it, rounding it out in the 72nd minute. Miles Hippolyte was Granada's only score in the 32nd minute. And in their second game on Monday, that took place Monday night in Orlando, uh, United States won 1-0 against El Salvador off of Ricardo Pepe goal in the 62nd minute. What were your thoughts while watching the U.S. men team this weekend? Well, first, I got to correct you. Like uh, my friend Taylor Twelman did to uh, Scott Van Pope, it's not Pepe, it's Pepe. But, uh, yeah, um, the U.S. men's national team playing against Granada, it, I mean, it was a shellacking. Uh, they started out a little bit slow, but they kind of were just getting to good spots. They were just doing what they should be doing putting the ball in the back of the net. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a good showing. Yeah, Pulisic got the, the cross into Pepe, got the scoring goal in. 
going. Uh, Pepe had the the two goals in the fourth and fifty third. Brandon Aronson, who I was surprised to get a goal. Um, Winston McKenney got a brace. Christian Pulisic got a little bit of a lucky goal, considering uh, the goalie got a hand to it. They kind of rolled past him very slowly. And uh, I would say the highlight was uh, Alejandro Zendejas, who, after scoring his goal, played like if he was on a hat trick or he was trying to get a hat trick. Like it, it was a a, a good showing on his part, considering I think this was only his a uh, second cap, his second second appearance for the U.S. men's national team, and he looked good. He made himself a threat on the field. And uh, what's his name? I think uh, Anthony Hudson is his name, the the coach for the U.S. men's national team at the moment. Please correct me in the comments somewhere if I'm wrong, but uh. The interim head coach making some good moves and calling in the right people. And, uh, yeah, we got a good mix of World Cup talent and a bunch of new faces on this men's team in this Granada game and overall on the roster. And then, yeah, like how you said, they played El Salvador in, uh, in that game. Uh, I thought they played very sluggish in that first half. Uh, it was a little alarming to see that they hadn't scored or at least looked scary uh, considering they had Gio Reyna running around. You had Pulisic running around like madmen with the ball. And, you know, getting into that final attacking third and getting nothing out of it. But, uh, like I said, with the coaching and the Granada game, they made a, a lot of adjustments. Uh, they, Zendejas played uh, excellent once again. But uh, it was the sub, Ricardo Pepe, in the second half, was, was it like two minutes in on his second touch in the game, getting the chip over the goalkeeper and uh, getting the – I was about to say the Galaxy <laughs> – getting the U.S. men's national team to win. But uh, yeah, I think with those two wins, uh, they were with the Granada win, they were able to get into a Gold Cup qualifying, or they qualified for the Gold Cup, excuse me. And uh, with the win over El Salvador, uh, they will now play in the Concacaf Nations League semifinals against their longtime rivals, Mexico. And if they are to win that game, they will either play Canada or Panama in the final. But yeah. We'll also add, did you see Matt Turner's gender reveal after the game? Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty cool. Uh, I'm not uh, too fancy for the gender reveals because I feel like uh, a lot a lot of the times on social media, they get uh, blown out of proportion, in my opinion. But this one was cool. It was with the fans. It was the team. And uh, you know, he got a little, was I guess, like a glass, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. Glass soccer ball. Kicked it up in the air. And uh, it's a girl. It came out pink. So, uh, yeah, congrats, Matt Turner. And wrapping up U.S. men's national team news, uh, their upcoming fixtures. First, they have a friendly versus Mexico on Wednesday, April 19th. That is just a random international friendly. We talked a little bit about it last episode. And then they play Mexico for real in the CONCACAF champion, um, CONCACAF Nations League semifinals. That is June 15th at 7 p.m. That one counts for real. Uh, what is it? How do you say it? Is it Allegiance or Alliance Stadium in Vegas? Allegiant. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. We'll switch to the USL Championship really quickly. My Detroit City FC sit in eighth place with three points. They would lose their home opener 1-0 against Indy 11 with Brian Rebellin scoring in the 62nd minute. They also had um, Detroit City FC had a red card in the 74th minute. And this week, Detroit City FC plays 
Rio Grande Valley FC Toros. Um, that is another home game for Detroit City FC. And rounding out the episode, we had the start of MLS's Development League MLS Next Pro uh, kicked off their season this weekend, having a couple matches on Friday, and then most of the rest of the matches were on Sunday. Austin FC 2 beat Houston Dynamo 2-1. Two, two to one. Minnesota United 2-1-3-0 against Real Salt Lake. Huntsville had their MLS Next Pro debut um, against another debuting team, which was Charlotte's Next Pro team. They both tied 2-2. Huntsville won 4-3 on PKs. As there are no ties in MLS Next Pro, you do get an extra point if you win the penalty shootout. Orlando City B won't beat Philadelphia Union 2-3-1. Chicago Fire 2 beat Inter-Miami 2-3-1. Tacoma Defiance won on PK's 5-4, it was a 1-1 one, uh, draw. New England Revolution 2-1-3-2 two, two against Atlanta United 2, which they used to be in um, the USL Championship. That was the first game in MLS Next Pro. Columbus Clue drew with New York 1-1 one, one, and 1-3-2 one, on PK's. Earthquakes 2 beat Galaxy 2-3-0. North Texas SC won 1-0 against LAFC 2. Colorado Rapids 2 1 2 1 against Sporting KC 2 and Whitecaps 2 beat Timbers 2 2 to 1. One that rounded it out was Cincinnati FC 2 played on Monday. They beat Toronto, um, Toronto 2 4 to 2. And the matches this week are Chicago Fire 2 versus Toronto FC 2, Cincy 2 versus Crown Legacy, Orlando City B versus Huntsville. And the Sunday games are Union 2 versus Inter Miami 2. Sporting KC 2 versus Austin FC FC 2, St. Louis City 2 versus Minnesota United 2, Atlanta United 2 versus New York, Dynamo 2 versus Rapids 2, Galaxy 2 versus North Texas SC, Revolution 2 versus NYFC 2, Timbers 2 versus Earthquakes 2, LAFC 2 versus Whitecaps 2, and Tacoma Defiance rounds it out against Real Salt Lake Monarchs. Do you have any thoughts on the start of the MLS next pro season? Well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I haven't really been following it. Uh, not too big of a deal in uh, my household, unfortunately, uh, just due to the fact that, uh, I mean, it's new. It has very interesting rules to it besides the no uh, tie rule. But uh, I guess it's cool. I think my, my gripe with it is that uh, the competition isn't going to be as high as it was when – a lot of these teams were playing in the USL Championship, uh, considering you had people like Drogba uh, playing in Phoenix. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how um, players from the reserve sides start getting called up to play on the first team. Uh, you might be seeing a lot of teams in MLS send out um, their borderline guys. You might be seeing them get loaned out uh, across the league or anywhere else in particular, uh, just in case the competition isn't as good at, as it should be in the MLS Next Pro. But uh, I don't think, I, don't, I mean, obviously that's not why this league, this division is around for the MLS. Uh, it's to help develop players that may need some fine-tuning, uh, probably without the, the high competition. So more of like an in-depth, you know, kind of uh, workout per se. And uh, also, I think it's just a, maybe an easier path for 
for players to get to the MLS. I think the last, the one guy I'm thinking that came up through the ranks from the reserve sides, um, played in the World Cup for the USA very recently. He goes by Matt Turner. So, uh, unless you're you're, you're someone like him, it's going to be a a rough road to get to the first team. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, I went to one Columbus Crew two game last year. They won four to one against New England Revolution two. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's kind of just a development league to try to keep you know the MLS guys to stay in the MLS because if they were going to the you know if they're playing in USL League One, then you the the USL Champions League you know would try to recruit them rather than it just being a direct pipeline to MLS. Uh, I think it's kind of a fun league, especially, you know, you can go to some of the games for cheap. And Crew 2 did win the championships last season. So that was kind of fun as well. Wrapping up the episode, we will ask, what is going on this week in Rambling Runoff? Wait, before I get to Rambling Runoff, let me ask you, wait. You have to pay to go watch Crew 2 games? 10 bucks. Uh, I think Galaxy 2 games are free, my my guy. Yeah, I think like Cincy's are free. Um, Some other ones are free. But it's mainly just because the Crew 2 games are in the historic uh, Crew Stadium. So like they kind of have the infrastructure to charge for admissions. So yeah. Oh, but I okay. think a lot of them, a lot of them are free as well. Oh, interesting. But... Oh, I didn't even know it was the rest because uh, the only downside is for the the Galaxy Two games. Uh, they're playing at the track and field because over there at Dignity Health Sports Park, as I said, it's a sports park. So they got a bunch of facilities. So they're gonna have them out at the track and field. I guess it's a little bit of a cheaper and easier production for them out there. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll I'll start going into some Ramley runoff stuff. Yeah, we just released the. One of our newest episodes, uh, we go over the um, David David Benavides versus Caleb Plant fight. It just took place not so long ago. I also go a little bit more in depth on uh, the U.S. men's national team games against Granada and uh, El Salvador. Um, my homie Danny Tan go, gives you some updates on the NBA. And in, uh, in our last segment of the show on the rundown, we go over some NWSL, NASCAR, opening day baseball, you name it, it's in there. So, uh, yeah, go check us out. Uh, we're on YouTube, Rambling Runoff. We're at, on Twitter, Instagram, sometimes TikTok, all at Rambling Runoff. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've been up to. All right. And with that, this has been Locker Soccer, an MLS podcast. Once again, with Robert from Rambling Runoff. And we hope you enjoy all the MLS action. Mm-hmm.